0: Hi, I'm Andrew Mason from Ravenwood High School, and you're listening to the 615
1: Preps Podcast. Hello again, everybody. A pleasant welcome to you. This is the 615 Preps Podcast for the Blue Cross Bowl Recap Edition. Chris Brooks, Scott Burton, Christian Capozzi, fellas, say hi. What's up? How you doing? We've made it to the end of the season, and there's plenty to talk about from Cookville. Not all of it good, however.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, and uh, a lot of a lot of people in the mid state went away uh, less than satisfied.
1: Yeah, plenty to get to in that regard. Some things, but we'll we'll discuss down the line. Um, one in six overall, as far as the mid state teams go. Davidson Academy, congratulations to the Bears. They are the lone Middle Tennessee champions. I was about
2: to say it started really well. Oh it yeah, did. started one
1: and zero. Started with a bang. Uh, Absolutely, Griffin Swinney. First play from scrimmage, 64 yards, and Davidson Academy off to the race as they wind up winning over EC, over USJ, 31-21. And Sweeney had a career day, 285 yards and four touchdowns. Scott, what a performance for him.
3: Yeah, I mean, he, he really, uh, it was it was really a good showcase for him. But how about that line? Uh, they, they opened up holes for him. I mean, they had 240, um, I'm sorry, 330 yards net rushing. Uh, and and that's exactly what Davidson Academy. That's their team. They they can throw the ball. They don't want to, and they didn't have to because he would. They would give give him a seam. He'll break a tackle and take it to the house. And he did.
1: Yeah, it's just a big afternoon for him. He had two really big long runs. Uh, a good good showing for the Bears overall. They did have to fight back a little bit in the second half to take control of the game, though.
3: Yeah, they did. I mean, it, it, it was 21-13 uh, to 13 at the half. Uh, and they get back on the board uh, with, an, uh, with a, a run, uh, another Swinney run. Um, then uh, Bryce Rawls gets them on the board and gives them the lead. But the really, the capper was there. Uh, I mean, at that point, it was 21-25. USJ, uh, they threw the ball well. They had 242 yards passing. But... Really, the capper was that was that three yard run that uh, Swinney had with three minutes left. That just that put it away.
1: Well, let's hear from the Blue Cross MVP of the game, from the Division Two Single A Championship game, Griffin Swinney. Uh,
3: first of all, I do want to say this. You got any lottery numbers? Anything you want to tell me? Because last week when we were talking, you you t- did two things. First of all, you told me you were going to win this game, okay. Second thing was is that. Uh, the uh, podcast voted you as uh, probably the next sportscaster because when I asked you that question about how you you know that one run, they said you went into more detail and they learned more on that from you than they have any other interview. So I just didn't I didn't want to tell you that before we started. Um, but anyway, I'm here with Griffin Sweeney, MVP, state champion,
0: back to back. you feeling? I feel I feel great. I feel great. You know, it's it's always good to. It's always good to win, but at a game like this and the way we all played, we played great. So it's good to it's good. To, it feels like it's a good feeling. Good now,
3: feel. now you jumped out to a lead first offensive play from scrimmage, and you were you were gone.
0: Um, tell me what. Uh,
3: tell me about your offensive line, and opening those holes for you. No,
0: My offensive line, all praise to them. They're 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 a great squad. They're a great squad. The big bodies, big bodies. I like to get lost behind the big bodies, but they they just they just work. They work and work and work. They they work in the weight room. They work out the in practice. They they get they get mad at each other a little bit, but it's all right. It's all right. It's good to have a little good to have a little feistiness in you know. Yeah, but
3: it's it's not all the line because you're breaking tackles going through that line. Um, you know, when you guys jumped out to that lead, they they came right back, and uh, you know you guys were down at the half. Yes, sir. Now, was, what was the feeling in the locker room there at halftime?
0: The feeling was. Alright, we got the jitters out now. It's time to it's time to roll. It's time to get the offense going. Time to time to score, time to play defense, time to lock them down, I'm trying to trying to win this game. So
3: Yeah, and you're speaking of your defense, you shut them out in the second half. No, we
0: played played fantastic defense. Played yeah. fantastic.
3: I'll agree with that because they have a very potent passing attack yes, and a really sir. good receiver, number yes, eight. Yes,
0: sir. These are
4: fantastic
3: Yeah, and so you know well, you've been standing here long enough. I want you to go enjoy this. Great season, great game. I thank you so much for taking time with
1: me. Thank you very much. All right, take care. The key number, I think, that we take away from that, 330 total rushing yards for Davidson Academy Mm -hmm. and 28 for USJ. That, to me, was the story of the game here.
3: Yeah, they controlled – the line of scrimmage for the most part. They gave up some big plays and made some mistakes that uh, allowed USJ to – and and credit to USJ. Uh, You know, they threw the ball well. That uh, Their receivers are are very, very good. But uh, Davidson Academy, that offensive line just kind of took over.
2: Yeah, you got to give credit to that Davidson Academy defense too. Goes out in that second half, pitches a shutout, Mm -hmm. and – this is a USJ team that scored three touchdowns and four drives to end the first half. So that was a great response from them in the second half.
3: And I, and I do want to bring up, uh, you mentioned the defense. You know, we talk about Bryce Rawls a, a lot on the offensive side, but he is a very, very solid tackler. Uh, I believe he led the team in tackles in this game. Yeah, he did. Um, and so he means so much more than just, uh, you know, just the the – the the offensive catalyst as far as you know throwing the ball and things like that because he gets his nose in there at, at a linebacker spot uh, he's not playing safety he's not playing I mean, he's he's in there every single play
1: yeah six solo tackles three assists for Rawls one sack two and a half tackles for a loss and a fumble recovery So a pretty good game on that side of the ball for him
3: and that f- fumble recovery was huge I talked to him at one point and it was right after he had fumbled
1: yeah it was and it was the next play was, after he had fumbled
3: and he and he, He was bound and determined to get a ball back.
1: Not only did he knock the ball off, he knocked the quarterback's helmet off, too. It was a huge hit and then a big momentum swing for the Bears as they claimed their second consecutive Division II single leg championship. Let's hear from Jonathan Quinn, Yeah, and we'll do that right now. Back-to-back
3: state championships for Davidson Academy.
5: When you started out, I know that's the goal. you honestly believe you could have got back here? You know what? We had so much adversity through the summer and through the first part of uh, of, our, of our fall camp, um, you know, I didn't know what this team, uh, what the ultimate outcome of this team would be. You know, we started off 0-2, and and really went through a lot of um, a lot of adversity. But our team gelled together and climbed, and we started getting better and better each week. I talked to him early on about. Well, every day at practice, hey, we need to take a step. Every game, hey, take a step this week. Let's take another step and get a little bit better, a little bit better. So by the end of the year, you'll you'll look back when you recognize the team that we were, and that's what we did. And well, I challenged them today to take another step, and uh, and we were uh, able to get that done. Now your defense shut down that that offensive attack in the second half. Did you do anything differently? You no, know, Coach Lambert just challenged the defense um, to really step up. He, he he's an outstanding play caller and a, and a fantastic coach. And a great motivator for these young men and um, he just challenged them and i think it's just the players stepping up and, and getting the adrenaline out of them from the you know the first drive in the state championship and just calming down and just getting back to the way we play football and griffin sweeney gets out there to gets that first that first big run he sets you guys up what do you got to say about that running back just seem to be able to make holes from the offense line make holes for him and he would take it Man, Griffin had an outstanding game. He's had an outstanding year since coming off injury. He's just progressively gotten better and better. He's He's got good size. He runs with power and has good speed. And, and that showed tonight. The offensive line, man, those guys are just road grinders. I mean, they just kept wearing on them and wearing on them. And, and we felt like it would be a four-quarter game and that, and that um, our physicality would eventually uh, pay off, and it did tonight. And it looked like in the
3: second half, Bryce Ross actually uh, got going in the running game. Was that something that
5: you – Decided on coming out of the out of the locker room. Well, I think it's a, it's just a combination of how plays are called, and, and you can only give a guy the ball so many times before they get tired. And when they get tired, then you know sometimes bad things happen, whether that's just not running as fast or fumbles. And so try to give guys breaks. Um, you know, uh, and, and Bryce is an outstanding runner himself. He runs with power. He has good quickness, and um, and then uh, and also gives you another blocker to run for. You know, to get in front for, for him. And he did an outstanding job, especially there. Uh, they're getting that late touchdown. Well, Coach, thank you so much. I'm going to take up all
3: your time here. Enjoy your victory. Great season, great game. Thank you. Make
1: I appreciate it. Thank you. It's a great run for those, t- for those kids two years in a row, and they'll get another chance to try to make it three next season. They've got plenty coming back.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, and they can do it. The next game on Thursday – we thought might end up the, kind of the same way. CPA was playing for a repeat as well, but uh, didn't quite end up how the Lions wanted in a 17 to 14 loss to ECS that uh, had a bit of controversy surrounding it.
3: It did, um, but really, besides that, the story of this I think was uh, turnovers. Yeah. Um, you know, CPA did. You know, we talked about how well coached they are. and They are well coached, and and they generally play uh, very. Uh, mistake-free ball, but uh, something about this stage or this team or or something, uh, you know, they did some uncharacteristic things. They fumbled six times, lost three of them. Uh, it, it really was unfortunate, but uh, really, like you said, Chris, it, it came down to uh, they had the lead late, and uh, it was a fourth down for ECS, and I'm going to let you walk through that one.
1: Yeah, the ECS driving about midway through the fourth quarter, a pass near the goal line appeared to be incomplete. And every replay that we saw, everything that we saw from our vantage point looked like the ball hit the turf. Officials didn't see it that way. They rule it a catch on fourth down. ECS gets first and goal from the one. They punch it in on the next play to take the lead. And that's the last score of the ball game. It, everybody in the stadium and that was on the field, Christian, that they saw, I think kind of what you all and I saw, they thought it was incomplete.
2: Well, I saw it at home, and it definitely looked incomplete, and it's it's unfortunate because all year long, you know, we don't have the capability of seeing it the way we do until this one big moment. And that's that's the thing is that it comes down to this one game, and then everybody sees it, and uh, so it's it's very unfortunate that at this stage, where you know they could have could you know you don't want to list all the possibilities, uh, but it sure looked like that it should have been uh, CPA's ball. Yeah
3: because yeah, CPA makes that stop right there. you're in the six seven minute range right there. So even if uh, even if you don't score, you you maybe take a minute or two off the clock, you kick the ball, okay, maybe they get a short field say you don't go anywhere. still they got to drive down. you're putting all the onus on them. You know at that point, you know it, it, it really is a different game. Yep. And and now they score and now you force CPA into throwing the ball and and ECS into uh, getting into position to uh they know what's you know, know how to play things.
2: Yeah, they scored with six oh five to go in the fourth quarter. And at that point, if if CPA gets that ball back, they're up fourteen ten and they gotta choose some clock. You just don't know. You, you hate to play it out in your head like right. that, but it, Yeah. And, and there's one that went the other way as well at the very end that it, fortunately for ECS, they got out of the situation anyways, but they had a pick at the goal line yeah, uh, right. that, that was not called. Yeah,
1: yeah well, actually a pretty acrobatic interception yes. that uh, turned out not to be that way, but uh, yeah, ECS able to escape with the 17-14 win. And, and spoil CPA's chance to repeat. Well, and I'm,
2: CPA had that opportunity too because it was kind of interesting. ECS goes for it on fourth down from their own forty-five with a minute to go. Right, and that was that was very interesting. Oh, but yeah. that ECS defense really bowed up at the end. Yeah, they really yeah. did.
3: I mean, it was it was really a close game. You look at the stats. You know, first downs is, you know, one first down separating them. Uh, total yards, three twelve to two forty-five. Really, uh, though, and as much as I'd like to say that. Yeah. Yes. The inter- the uh, the bad call or the what I perceived was a bad call. Excuse me. You know, uh, may have had an effect. But again, I think that really CPA hurt themselves in this game more than anything.
1: Yeah. I mean, the turnovers. Of course, they they lose three fumbles. But uh, you know, ECS didn't help themselves either. They also threw two interceptions in the contest. Neither team could take advantage of the turnovers. CPA had seven points off ECS turnovers. ECS only scored three points off a CPA mistake. So this was this was a mistake-filled contest by both squads, and uh, ECS was fortunate to get out of there with a gold ball. Uh, Cade Law, pretty good game for him, though. One of the 60-yard touchdown run early on in the contest, and we'll hear from him now. Uh,
2: with
3: Cade Law. Cade, uh, not the result you wanted, but a good game out of your guys. Very tight, very good team that you're playing here. Uh, you know, it, it was just a you know, a few missteps here or there, calls and things of that nature. Um, tell me about the game, your thoughts
4: on the game, how it went. I thought it went great. Uh, could have capitalized when we, when we didn't, um, we the fought hard, we played great, at, defense played great, offense played great, I mean, we just came a little short at the end. Yeah, I mean, and you never, the thing was
3: you guys never gave up, yeah. even when you got down yeah you fought tooth and nail to get
4: you know climb back yeah. in it and you know it was just a couple plays away right. yeah i mean we're never going to give up coach martin and the staff do a great job of that And I mean we're going to fight till the whistle and we're going to fight until the buzzer goes off and that's what we did tonight It's kind of a little short yeah and, it, and it's difficult to get here it's, it's not easy right. there are a lot of other yes, teams sir. that wish you right. they were here right. and you know but uh you know your offensive line they, they you know they did a good job of for the most part, keeping you clean. What do you say about those guys? Oh my gosh, those guys! I love those guys and my boys. protecting um, me all year. Some of my best friends right there.
3: And you're only sophomore. You got you got two more shots at this. We're only back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you
4: know, yeah. You're the seniors. What do you uh, you know? The seniors on this team. What do you, what do you think about them? They're some of the best leaders I've ever been around. Um, I mean. When losing 32 seniors, they stepped right up to the challenge and I mean, it became as, as good, if not better, than that group. I mean, just great guys. We have a good day. Well, I don't want to keep you too long. I know it's been a, a tough night. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Appreciate great you. season, and uh, good luck going forward. I
1: want to mention CPA's defense again because some of the numbers that came out of their team wise were pretty nice. So they had 10 tackles for a loss, two interceptions, a fumble recovery, and three sacks. And Langston Patterson four solo tackles, seven assists. Uh, the Lions' defense—they showed up. Uh, agreed. I mean, this is
3: a, this was a high-scoring ECS team, yeah. so uh, to hold them seventeen points was an
2: accomplishment, and 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 could have been less. And I'll give credit too with, to that ECS defense as well. The average starting field position for CPA in the second half was the ECS forty-seven yard line, and CPA never got past the twelve yard line. Mm of ECS in the red zone. So uh, this was most definitely a defensive battle, and especially with uh, some of the defenses uh, benefiting with the uh, balls all over the field. There there were several fumbles, and I don't know if it was the pregame popcorn or what it was, uh, but it just multiple <laughs> times. I think it was back and forth at one point. There was oh, yeah. a fumble followed by another fumble. Yeah. Yes, there was. And yeah. so it, it just seemed that, neither team offensively could get that momentum to stay on their side. Yeah,
1: and we talked defense about uh, the next team that played, uh, NBA as well. Uh, their defense got them to the Blue Cross Bowl, but it couldn't get them to win as the big red fall, 28-7 to McCauley. McCauley broke a 14-game losing streak to NBA with a win, and it, it was a game where basically NBA's offense just couldn't get going.
2: Yeah. Uh,
3: you know, it started it, – it, it started – uh Bad for there and, and got progressively worse. Uh, started out with a 32-yard interception return uh, just to pass out, uh, uh, just a quick out, but uh, corner read it and and was gone. And that was not what NBA needed. We discussed that last week. NBA needed to get out in front. NBA needed to be able to assert their defense. And uh, giving a, a, a scoring team like Maca- like McCauley the opportunity to get in front that put – even though NBA came back and tied it, it, it really put them behind the eight ball.
2: NBA's worst nightmare, especially with the t- way this team was built this year, is having to come from behind. Even one score if – you're, if you're down seven and you have to get two scores to take the lead, that's just – the offense was not built that way this year. And they were really relying on that defense. And we said, look, probably the winner of this game was maybe first one to 10 or 14. Mm. And – you just kind of had a bad feeling from the from the get-go with the INT, the pick six from uh, Thompson-Bird, 32 yards. After that, it just the offense was playing behind the eight ball the rest of the night.
1: And But the, actually, NBA came back. Marcel Reed hits Jack Wilford for 81-yard touchdown. They tie the game in the second quarter. You think at some point, you know, hey, this thing is a game. Yep. But NBA was unable to run the ball after that.
3: Yeah, NBA's offense couldn't get going, and they had a hard time uh, – uh, controlling, uh, or containing in D'Angelo Hardy, uh, you know, he had 103 net yards, uh, of rushing. You know He didn't throw very much, but he didn't have to. And they did a really good job of just sustaining drives and, and, you know, getting into third and four and getting five yards, you know, getting, you know, you know, just grinding it out and wearing out truthfully the, the fact that NBA's offense couldn't get anything going and the fact that McCauley's offense would grind it like that, it eventually just wore that NBA defense and, down.
1: And it showed up in the final numbers, 273-42 to 42 in the rushing battle for McCauley. 6.7 yards per carry for the Blue Tornado as, as they take the win there and, and win the Division II AAA championship. Uh, just a, a, a tough night for NBA, but Marcel Reed, I think, did some things that make you think he's going to be a problem for teams in the next 3 years. He's still just a freshman.
3: Yeah, and I don't believe he started the season as a quarterback. So no, he's no. so I mean he really had less than a year. Yeah. And and he showed some that pass that long touchdown pass that he threw was spot on. Yeah. And uh, you know, he made some good reads, he made some some good plays like you know, he'd made some mistakes as a freshman quarterback will do. Uh, but I agree with you, Chris. I think what's telling is that, you know, is that 273 uh, net yards rushing by Macaulay, uh, that just doesn't happen to an NBA team.
1: Yeah. Now, that does it for the Division Two games. We're going to take a break, and then we'll come back and get into the Division One championships, starting with the games on Friday, and we'll get Pearl Cone and Summit in the next segment. This is the 615 Preps Podcast. We're back after this.
0: I'm Griffin Sweeney. I play running back for Team Academy, and you're listening to the 615
1: Preps Podcast. Back here on the 615 Preps Podcast. Let's, uh, let's dive into these uh, Division One championship games, first starting with 3A. A game that I, I was really looking forward to was Pearl Cone and Alcoa, and, I, and it simply didn't live up to it. Uh, Alcoa wins 27 nothing. Uh, just a tornado runaway.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was – it was uh, – bloody in the first half. Um, it, it, it you know, Pearl Cone just couldn't get anything going. Alcoa, now, and, and Chris, this will be a theme. Uh, you know as well as I do, you know, we we were out there looking at these players, these East Tennessee players. They grow them big out there. I don't know if it's something in the water or
1: uh, whatever it is. A the nuclear be- plant. Whatever it is in the water in East Tennessee, they better find a way to get it flowing back toward Nashville. This is going to keep happening.
3: I, they were... Huge, yeah. And Pearl Cone's offensive line is not small. No, they're not. But these guys, I mean, every one of them, six over six foot had to be two fifty or bigger, and and they just kept coming. It, it, and the thing was is that they were quick too. You know, you know, Ivan Dayton just could not find any room to run. They did a really good job of stretching him out. But Coach, you know, I asked Coach Brunetti about it and. Coach Burnett said, they just got whipped up front. That was the be-all, end-all. I mean, you look at it, and, you know, Alcoa had 18 first downs. Pearl just had seven. You know, the net yards rushing was only 70 yards. And I think uh, Ivan went off for a 54-yarder at one point.
1: And it was one where he ran down the sideline, and it it was Braden Anderson from Alcoa who ran him down from a safety spot. Dayton should not be run down by nearly anybody, but Anderson took him down. And I'm like, man, just the the size and speed combination of Alcoa. They are a 6A team in 3A clothing.
2: Yeah, yeah, and the the difference we saw up front, you can just look at the the final statistics rushing-wise for Alcoa. 309 yards on the ground, they averaged 7 yards a carry. I mean, that's just blowing people off the line of scrimmage.
3: Yeah, well – and and I, I do want to go back to that because this is how amazing it was because nobody catches Ivan Dayton from behind and Chris looked at me when he saw that and and we knew that it was trouble then it was it yeah
1: was. another staggering statistic thirteen tackles for a loss from Alcoa defenders just yeah. uh, they were in the backfield every other snap almost immediately it was it was amazing to see that front work just snap. Boom! They're in the backfield. Yeah,
3: Martino Owens had no time to no, throw, none whatsoever. Uh, a couple of things, uh, you know. Again, talking to Coach Bernetti after the game, you know, he he did not want to get blown out in this game. It was twenty-seven to nothing at the half, and it stayed twenty-seven to nothing. So when they they there was a point of pride. Yep. Uh, he did feel. Uh, he told me that he he did feel a little bit of the burden of the Metro representation that they needed to to represent. And he challenged his guys at halftime, do not get blown out. Uh, Do not make this a 50 nothing game. They came out and they played even the same half. Now, you can argue that maybe Alcoa took their foot off the gas a little in the fourth quarter. But, quite frankly, I'm going to chalk that up to uh, Pearl Cone playing Pearl Cone ball in the second half. They just couldn't get anything going offensively.
2: Yeah. Yeah, two, 2 of 12 on third down. Uh, they were really stalled. And it really goes back to, guess who, special teams. Yep. This this field was flipped all night long. Uh, Alcoa, average starting field position on their own 24. Or, excuse me, Alcoa, starting field position on their own 42. For Pearl Cone, their starting field position was 24. They could never get that leverage on the field.
3: You're right. Absolutely. That's a excellent point because you're exactly right. Uh, Pearl Cone spent a lot of time inside their own 20.
1: Yeah. Special teams have them pinned back a couple of times inside the 10 early on in that game, and that really kind of just tilted the field away from Pearl Cone. And they were fighting the uphill battle in the first half, and it just got away from them. It doesn't diminish from the season the Firebirds had, not one bit. But, I mean, 14-1 is nothing to be ashamed of at all.
2: No, it's not. I think instead of saying anything bad about Pearl Cone, it just says a lot about Alcoa. Yeah, I mean,
3: this is – This is Alcoa.
2: I mean, and I think that uh, again,
3: you know, coach uh, Coach Bernetti, you know, he wasn't making excuses, but he did acknowledge that this is a pretty potent team that they were playing. Oh yeah, and and that you know, again, he you know, he wanted to win, but he also wanted to look if he was going to go down, he did. He wanted to go down fighting.
1: They did do that in uh, twenty-seven nothing that final for Alcoa. To repeat again is as, as Class Three A champions, and uh, you know well, the theme we go back to the, the size difference between some of these teams up front in Middle and East Tennessee. I mean that that game was probably the biggest example of that to me. What do you think,
2: Christian? Yeah, it was, but it was a reoccurring theme. It seemed throughout the weekend. It seemed every time you, you turned on the TV or you're watching it, it just whoever was out east just had a little bit more movement, a little bit more umph up front. And and, that, and this is not discrediting these local offensive lines here. There's some big, high-quality offensive lines here. Uh, that's just saying the, the kind of athletes they've got out east yeah. currently.
1: Yeah, and it was the same thing in the 5A game Friday night with Summit and Knoxville Central. Um, Knoxville Central, a 30-7 to winner. They repeat as Class 5A champions. Summit, their first trip to the Blue Cross Bowl, didn't go as they hoped. But uh, it was a good atmosphere for them anyway. I mean, it was very it was a very fun start to the game, at least.
2: Yeah, the numbers are really weird on this game. You, you look at it, and you would think Summit's right in there with them. Uh, they actually outgained Knoxville Central in yardage. They had 269 yards of offense compared uh, to Knoxville Central's 257. Yeah. Uh, and the rushing wise, you know, dominated rushing game 132 to 37. Uh, but what it really came down to is just some of the big plays that Knoxville Central had.
1: Yeah. 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 Big plays really defined it. Uh, Knoxville Central, uh, they got on the board early, wound up going up 24 nothing before Destin Wade kind of broke the shutout for Summit. But uh, the Spartans, they've dug their own hole. I mean, yeah. the, a couple of turnovers early on. And, and that really just set the tone for the game.
3: And you could tell that uh, that it was a point of emphasis to shut down Keaton Wade. We talked about this in, uh, well, last week when we talked about the game. We, we knew where they were going to go. They were going to try to shut down Wade, force Destin Wade to beat him with the pass or with the run. And they did a good job of shutting down Keaton Wade, and then they did a good job of uh, keeping, keeping Destin Wade pinned in the pocket where he really didn't have a whole lot of places to go, and there was nothing up the middle for him.
1: Spartans finish off a great season and a great postseason run with the loss. And, uh, you know, the way, Twins, they're, they're sophomores. They're going to be back. Oh,
2: I yeah. Think. Yeah, this, yeah. Is a, this is a team that you potentially talk about being in this kind of scenario the next two years.
3: Well, and, and, we, and we talked about this team being on the rise. Yeah. And, you know, to, to get there this far, uh, this quick, it, it says a lot about.
2: They were a three seed in the region. Yeah, yeah, three seed. I mean,
3: next you know, next year I'm sure, uh, you know, the goal is going to be to win the region. Yeah, and then come back here, uh, uh, come back again. These guys have nothing to go uh, nowhere to go but to continue to improve and go up. So I think in that way, the Wade uh, the Wade Twins and. The rest of the team, the, the the ones that are are not graduating, uh, they have something to build on here.
1: Now, curious to see the defensive stats on both sides because both teams were in the other's backfield a lot that night. Mm-hmm. Nine tackles for loss for Summit's defense, ten for Knox Central's defense, and both teams were playing playing in each other's backfields for for a little bit there. So a bit of a tug of war, but Knox Central they win that tug of war and they and they win the game. And, I, and, and though the score
3: seems lopsided, I think that, you know, with a, the exception of a couple of plays, if these teams played ten times, it might be a five-to-five five battle. Maybe a little bit in the six-to-four. But I think that Summit is that close. Uh, and, and this game just got away from them.
2: And it started in the first half. I mean, their first several drives, punt, interception, punt, interception, fumble. Mm-hmm. It, it Just for offensively, especially – Even if you can somehow overcome that, just the opportunities that you missed. I mean, they had four drives that were nine plays or more. I mean, they they had some things going on offense, but it just comes down to some untimely turnovers uh, that set Knoxville Central up with a really good field position.
1: we'll hear from George Otomegwu for right now as well for Summit. Uh, He has some thoughts after the game.
2: I'm
3: here with George Otomegwu after uh, Summit's battle against uh, Knoxville Central. Uh, in the 5A uh, championship, uh, Georgia's a,
4: a, a tough night out there for you. They start out strong. Uh, did they show you anything that you, uh, that you hadn't seen on film? No, we've seen everything they did. They didn't bring anything special to us that we haven't seen. We just weren't playing our own summer football tonight. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you know, at halftime, you're down 24 nothing. What did the Coach say to you? Because you came out strong in the second half. Well, they said, "Well, we've scored." We scored 24 points and a half before, and we've shut out teams in, the, in one half. So why can't we do it to them? And did uh, defensively, did they do anything? Uh, no. Uh, defense. We talked about they had outside backers who were coming hard every play. We knew 29 was going to blitz every play, but they didn't show anything we didn't have. We just weren't playing our own football today. Now, with you on defense, at, uh, their quarterback is very, very good at uh, and putting the money, uh, putting the ball right where it needs to be. I mean, is there anything, you know... Just some miscommunications in the, with the DVs tonight, that was it. They just got to work on that when they get back to uh, practice. Yeah. When the season started, a lot of people didn't
3: necessarily have you, uh, your team, here in Cookville.
4: And as a senior, what do these guys mean to you, and what does this trip to Cookville mean to you? Uh, these are my brothers. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to play my last game with anybody else in this group right here. Excellent. Well, thank you
3: very much.
1: Hey, uh, wonderful season. I appreciate
2: it. Have a great career from here on out. They are going to miss him. Yeah. Oh, and, and so, the, the way that he ended up being a, a primary player for this team when he kind of made a really bold strategy of going from running back to, to wide receiver. But I think that's actually a move that's going to benefit him down the road if he – continues to choose and play uh, college ball.
1: And it's such an unselfish move because, I mean, you could be the the lead guy in the backfield, but then you make that move to allow the offense to evolve to what it wound up being.
2: Yeah, and I was about to say, and especially knowing that offense going from wing T to what they ended up doing, which was kind of more still wing T principles just out of the shotgun. Mm Mm-hmm. It it turned out to be a really great move for Coach Coleman and that entire squad because it benefited the the Wade brothers and also him out wide.
3: Well, I, and I think that it it is indicative of what drove this team there leadership. He showed incredible senior leadership by putting the team first, moving to wide receiver, and then and playing defense too out there in the defensive backfield. He he did a a great job there. So. His, his, you know, sacrifice for the team, leadership for the team, and then making plays on the field just goes to show you what kind of locker room this team had.
2: And that's a great point, especially with the answer that he said about when they ever when they get back to practice. Team's already conditioned to talk about practice after the championship game. I mean, we're not having spring practices till what March, April, May, whenever that yeah, is. Right. right. And, and this team's already the guy that's not even going to be back wants to go back and fix what they did. This is a Summit team that you said in the interview that people didn't expect them to be there. I think there's going to be some high expectations next year.
1: I agree. There will be a little bit of a target, and they're back in that region for sure. So those games will be interesting next season to follow. Uh, Another one that that may be in the same spot is Springfield. Uh, A lot of people didn't really have Springfield getting to Cookville either, but they did unfortunately, Elizabethton got there and proved why they belonged.
2: Well, uh, Elizabethan got there, and the entire town of Elizabethton yeah, got I'm there. Sure. All, of,
1: all of Carter County came down what? to Cookville for that game.
3: Well, I mean, you know, how, how many times has Elizabethton been here and and come up empty? Right. Uh,
1: I mean, and the thing is, they haven't even gotten to this point because it's either been Greenville or Anderson County that's gotten in the way in foray in and that side of the bracket. Yeah,
3: yeah. so, uh, you know, th- they were – excited about this team and rightfully so this is a very very good team very big team um but uh, you know springfield you know at the beginning of the season we knew that it was going to be a, a young team um we knew that you know that they were going to have well i mean quite frankly we weren't sure who was going to come out of this region and uh and and i mean just their region not not even the class we didn't know who was going to come right. out of their region so uh you know to to get this far was an accomplishment with these young players i think for uh, coach dustin wilson
1: yeah you know, let's let's actually let's hear from dustin wilson now uh, 30 to 6 elizabethan win and uh, had his thoughts post game
3: i know it's a tough night and i know that your seniors were really important to you talk about the legacy that they've set and the and the expectations that they've set for your program
6: uh it's been a bunch of senior classes in a row but you know it's particularly this class uh, they've had some some killer support staffs around them until their senior year and uh, I I can't say enough about how much they led how much they proved how much they did things the right way and uh, just a tremendous leadership uh setting an example for the kids that come behind them uh it's, it's just a tremendous impact on our football program those guys will leave on it and
3: and you know just from the uh refusal to quit you know Absolutely. to getting down there stopping them on the goal line uh, that's a, a that's a character statement for those guys
6: yeah you don't do that without good leadership those those kids i guarantee you they were in there telling them to come on or uh, do something better or, uh, just rooting for them and loving on each other and, and caring and uh yeah that, that's I, I, i'm glad you brought it up i mentioned somebody earlier but if that don't tell you what type of character um, a, a bunch of kids are then you don't you didn't really know what you was watching this evening
3: Well, let me go to the game just for a second uh the you know th- this is a very talented team that you play tonight elizabeth and- very
4: talented
6: team. Did they do anything that uh, was unexpected that you didn't see on paper or anything That's like good. that? Absolutely, uh, they do what they do and they do it good, and I love it it's too. Oh, I hope that everybody considers it. But as two first-class programs, uh, they got a first-class program. Uh, they do what they do, and they was going to see if we could stop it. And uh, you know, at the end of the game, there were uh, how we've been used to running the ball and uh, kind of our will on people, the the script kind of flipped a little bit, and we was in a different spot, and uh, we had to make some adjustments, and we just didn't have enough time to do that this evening. Well,
3: that, and that's what I was getting to. Yeah, they did a, a job stopping your your vaunted rushing attack defensively. Yes, sir. And, but your defense picked it back up and and actually shut them down on numerous occasions, made some big stops. So again, yeah, you know, did you do anything defensively that other oh, than no. just
6: line up and no, I think both of them. I only talked to Coach Whitten a couple times, but I think we both are, uh, have been doing it long enough where we know it's the kids at this point, and uh, you can't put anything new on them, and you got to go do what you do and see how good. You know, football is all about a matchup. You go and you, you match up against the team, and, you know, tonight Springfield and Elizabethan uh, matched up, and they got the best of us. Well, Coach, I'm going to keep you. been out here. I know it's been a long day. has
3: been a long season for you. Congratulations on the season. Yes, sir. I know it thank didn't you. end the way you wanted to, but you know, you did something special. Your seniors did something special, getting to this game. Yeah. And best of luck in the future. Thank you very much for talking with us, and uh, congratulations on uh, on making it here. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, thank you, coach. Talking about his seniors, he he was emotional, but uh, he he was very gracious and took the time to talk to everybody. Um, it's just that he has got so much love for the senior class uh, and the senior classes that came before him. Um, those you know I just feel like those kids are lucky to have a, a coach like that who obviously cares about them.
2: Oh yeah, and it's been a, a roller coaster for that team the last three weeks I mean overtimes and and to get to that point that's a, uh, that's especially when you get to that point that's far in the season. There's a real real bond with those guys because what they've been they've been together since January.
3: And, and, and he brought up a, a, a situation that uh, I brought it up uh, because it stood out to me uh, and he mentioned uh, and he referred back to it but they had uh, Elizabeth and had fourth and, and goal and uh, I think he's at the one and uh, it was a tremendous goal line stand and, a, and and a source of pride and will and uh, it was something that uh, that he was very proud of is that, his team didn't quit down thirty to six.
1: Yeah, it was just a tough night all around. And Elizabethan had 19 first downs. Springfield had three, and two thirty four to twenty seven in the rushing department. And then you know Springfield loves loves to run the football, and to only be able to get twenty seven yards, that that's it's tough for them to to have to swallow that in a state championship game. But given all of that, and the way that they were able to to come back from what we thought was supposed to be a, a rebuilding year, and they've had a good season. They really have. Yeah. We've got uh, a little bit more business to talk about on the Saturday games, but we'll do that on the other side of the break. This is the 615 Preps Podcast, and we're back after this.
6: Hi, I'm Keen Wade for your Summit Spartans, and you're listening to the 615 Preps Podcast.
1: Back with you, 615 Preps Podcast. we got one more championship game to talk about. It was the biggie in 6A, Ravenwood and Maryville. And, unfortunately, it was not the biggie that Ravenwood hoped for.
3: Well, it, it, this one started – it couldn't have started any worse for for Ravenwood. Uh, the, the, get Maryville the ball. They actually look like they're going to hold him and then Maryville throws a 69-yard pass to get down into scoring position. It kind of rattled the uh, Ravenwood defense – Uh, They punch it in. Then a couple plays later, on a scramble deep in their own territory, uh, Garcia gets sacked, fumbles the ball, turns it over, and all of a sudden, with five minutes uh, left in the first quarter, they're down 14 to nothing. Um, It it just – the one thing that that Ravenwood couldn't do in this game was getting a track meet with them or get behind.
1: They got Tony Rice back and and got him some carries, but by that point they were already – kind of getting away from the running game and it, and it showed up in the final stats it's been we've talked about the theme the whole time you know the rushing disparity was was evident here 201 to 42 in favor of Maryville and Maryville was about T Hodge and K Chambers
3: yeah I, it you know Ravenwood came back and and scored it was 14-7 at the end of the first but then it just really kind of became like you said the K Chambers show. Uh, I mean, this is a big kid, Six, four, 200, uh, Can throw the ball like a laser. But the main thing was is that they had a hard time getting him to the ground, and he would, uh, and with that run pass option that he had, and with T. Hodge in the backfield, it was just, uh, it was just too much for the, uh, for the Raptors to handle.
1: Chambers thirteen of eighteen for one hundred and seventy two yards and two touchdowns through the air as well. So, I mean, just a good dual threat for for Maryville. State championship number 17 for the Rebels, and the tradition continues.
2: Well, the Rebels came out firing from the, the get-go. They scored six touchdowns in the first seven drives. And just no answer. And If you're going to get into that game, you can't – if you're Ravenwood, you can't afford to have a drive where you don't score.
3: Uh, and they did a good job of uh, – I mean, Garcia, you know, he kept him in the game uh, with his legs uh, just scrambling around, but they kept him on the run quite a bit. Uh, he did a good job hitting uh, his tight end uh, burning stool uh he you know he hit Mason the one thing that I, it was good to see out of them is that uh, mariville kept the gas on pretty much the entire way but in the fourth quarter Ravenwood came back and put a couple scores up to get to get it back to to cutting that
1: lead in half yeah Ravenwood was not used to having a running clock against them they, yeah. they put it on a couple teams this year but not against them and you know, it was that way in the third quarter. Maryville had a 42-7 lead, and then you know, Ravenwood comes back and and, and gets two to, to make it a little bit closer. Uh, 21 points off of three turnovers for Maryville as well, they took advantage of, of the Ravenwood mistakes.
2: Yeah, this game, this was my fear all along, is that I, personally I felt like Maryville played the state championship the week before, and I, I don't know if Ravenwood matches up any better with Oakland. Uh, but obviously, that these two teams, after coming out of the a, a fight from Oakland, mariville you just knew whoever came out of that one was really battle tested. And, and not saying Ravenwood wasn't, but but, but they just really kind of rolled in the playoffs. That they didn't have really much adversity they had to overcome. Well, th- to me, the,
3: the the biggest thing, and and this has been the theme uh, all day, and we we've, we've said it time and again, is the size of the lines, uh, the the interior linemen for for the Eastern tennessee teams uh ravenwood's center is uh, a very quick center he's not overly big and and their linemen are not overly big they they tend to lean it looks like more on his own blocking scheme uh to get to the right spot cut off these guys for maryville were huge they were road graders and they just had trouble moving uh moving them off the ball um and when they did, the linebackers would shut down in a hurry. Uh, they did a really good job of uh, shutting down the run game, holding uh, the net. Uh, what was the difference? Was uh, two hundred one yards for Maryville and forty two for Ravenwood? It just there was just nothing in the running game.
2: And that's what had to scare you when you look at Ravenwood's schedule this year. What team they? What team did they play this year that really could simulate that that kind of size and strength of Maryville? There's not one, especially no. in that region. That entire region's built on speed, athleticism. Most of those lines are very small. It's all about the quick bubbles mm-hmm. and, and getting the ball out wide. And when you have no experience this year playing, if I had to pick one, maybe Smyrna might be the closest. And, and that's saying something, just trying to compare to somebody. Yeah, it, They just did not have a look all year long that you could say – we've seen this, we know what to do. This is just size that they have not seen all year long. You
1: bring up a great point about the style of play between Middle Tennessee and East Tennessee. It's just different. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's what you do and how well you do it. And and East Tennessee teams did what they do far better than Middle Tennessee teams did in the championship games this weekend. And and it's shown the final results.
2: And and you look at the, the drive chart for Maryville and the way that they can just impose their will uh, some of their scoring drives, uh, they just chewed clock. They had a 12-play drive in the uh, first quarter, 70 yards, 620 off the clock. Uh, in the second quarter, a 13-play drive, 86 yards, four minutes off the clock. And, and Ravenwood's used to getting a play over with and sprinting back to the line to, yep. to, to run the next play. Yep. And so I just I don't think. It, it, right now it seems – obviously there's teams in different areas that, that play different ways. But majority here is that we, we don't see in this mid-state right now the, the size that we saw in the Blue Cross Bowl from these teams out east. And, and that's forcing teams to, to play with a smaller O-line, to to form their scheme around that. And, and that's something that's very hard to change all year long. You've been doing this and having to go play defense against a different scheme.
3: I think uh, – I think uh... – Coach Daniels actually sums this up in the interview.
2: He does, we'll get to him right now. I'm here with Coach Matt Daniels
3: after the 6A final. Coach, tough game tonight. Very, very
0: good Maryville team. Did they do anything in this game that you weren't expecting or that you hadn't seen? Not necessarily. It, you know, it came down to execution, and, and they executed in, in all phases, and, and we didn't. And, and when you play a team as, as well coached and disciplined and, and as good uh, as Maryville, if you, if you make mistakes, they're going to take full advantage, and that's what you saw tonight. And momentum got on their side, and it was hard for us to, to rip it back for good. Yeah, I think when
3: a team like Merrill gets in front of you, it, it definitely it seems hard to get caught back up. Absolutely. but. One of your players did brag on you said it was a gutsy call going for it on 4th and six
0: and getting that pass to uh, Mason. Oh, for that, that touchdown? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was. You know, we, we've been like that all year. You know, we didn't want to change the way we, we call plays. And we, we seem to have an aggressive approach. And uh, tonight we just couldn't get clicking. You know, we're, we're a rhythm offense, we're a rhythm defense. And when you're out of rhythm from, you know, the, the first snap, it, it's tough to get that back. Now, when you, you went into the, into the locker room, you were down. What did what'd you tell your guys? I mean, honestly, you know, one of our players said it all, he talked about the uh, the 2014 uh, state championship and, uh, you know, Maryville was in the exact same position in that 2014 state championship against Ravenwood. You know, they were down big early and, and that ended up being an overtime game that Maryville came back and won. So... We had our, our eyes set on that and, and that, you know, it was going to make our story better, but sometimes in sports it just doesn't work out yeah. how you picture it. Right, and you, you came back, and it looked like you were about to
3: punch it in, and then you had the unfortunate yeah. turnover, yeah. and it just seemed like, uh, you know, you guys would make a mistake here, and then they would capitalize, and you guys would, you know, it, it was all you could do to, you know, get back into it. Absolutely, yep. yeah. that, that
0: was kind of the tale the whole night.
3: But the tale at the end of the game, you come back, you put two scores on them. Showed the resiliency of your team.
0: Really, and that's you know that's what they've shown all year. You know, we we've been through a lot of adversity, and they fought back, and they fought back, and they fought through it. And, and that's what I wanted to see out of out of the offense, especially those last couple drives. And you know, do it for the seniors. Let's see how you know if we, if we can at least end without a too bitter of a taste. Uh, you know, from this particular game, and and I'm proud of the way they finished the game. Well, talk to me about Brian Garcia, because he took a lot of it on himself, especially in those last drives. He did, you know, and and he's just, that shows the ultra-competitor that he is. You know, he he would do anything uh, to get the ball in the end zone. He'd do anything to get that ring, to get that gold ball, and uh, you know, I feel bad for him and the seniors because I know they they pictured it ending differently. But I just told him, man, they got to be proud of, of the run we went on this year, and, and for Brian, the career he's had at Raven Road and what he's done uh, for our program. You know, it's, it'll be hard for me to ever repay that debt. Well, there's a lot of other teams that would like to be playing football in December that
3: aren't. You're so, so right. It's a, a very successful season, regardless of the outcome tonight. Coach,
4: congratulations on a great season. Thank, Thank you very much for taking time with us. Best of luck in the future. Thank you so much. Thank I you. I
2: appreciate it. I will say one thing. Ravenwood uh, might not have won this game, but I think Coach Daniels probably won hair of the uh, the Blue Cross Bowl. Oh, easily. Oh, yeah.
1: Easily. Uh, if you haven't seen photos <laughs> of him, he's got a red mohawk and he's got a Raptor logo on the side of his head. That came about as a, an agreement he made with his students. If they won their quarterfinal game, he'd go into the mohawk if they won the semifinal game, they would he would go red with it and then get into the state championship game to add the Mohawk or add the Raptor logo. So
3: I'm pretty sure there's a shot of it on the mid state preps plus website. I believe
1: we've got one. Absolutely. You're right there, so, Scott. Uh,
3: if if you want to look at uh, fashion uh, fashion supercuts, there you go. Um,
1: yeah. I didn't know we were that good or we that versatile, but, yeah, there you are. We got have hair tips and everything. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
3: <laughs> and we're a multi That's the plus side of the Mid-State that's Press. That's the plus. plus. That is the plus no, side. That is the plus side.
1: Speaking of plus, we have uh, one more to add to the player of the week list.
3: We'll start us off.
1: How about you do it, Scott? I think you, uh, you got one you want to throw out.
3: Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm going to start with uh, Marcel Reed, quarterback for uh, – NBA. He was 11 of 17 for 179 and a touchdown.
1: I'm just going to go ahead and throw out Griffin Sweeney from Davidson Academy. 285 yards and four rushing touchdowns, and the Bears went.
3: Okay, I'm going to go with Deshaun Wade, uh, Pearl Cone linebacker. He had six solo tackles, one assist, a sack, and a forced fumble. Uh,
1: that's three good ones, Christian. Uh, I think I know where you're going with this, but tell me anyway.
2: There's that guy named Sweeney. He did pretty pretty good, I think. Pretty good one,
1: yeah. Griffin yeah. Sweeney, Griffin yeah, Sweeney from Davidson Academy, our final player of the week of the season, and well deserved honor for that young yes. kind of man who will be back next year for the yeah. Bears as they try to 3 threepeat. Well, we got a little more stuff to do before we close this thing out, guys. And thanks God you had something that you wanted to.
3: Oh, yeah. Um, is this my Christmas yeah. bonus? Yeah, yeah. Whoa, hey. hey, hey wait, a wait a minute.
1: <laughs> wait a minute. You got a bonus? How did you
3: get
2: a bonus? Oh, wait a minute. Uh,
1: Somebody didn't tell me something. What was
2: you, it? You cut out our Christmas
1: bonuses this year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got you a Jelly of the Month Club. So. Uh, oh, man. What, what a cringe. Uh, <laughs> uh, wow. Um,
3: no, we actually had uh, one of our staff wanted to ask some questions of us.
1: Um, and, uh, not mention who it is.
3: Uh, it is Annette, our videographer, our very talented videographer. You
1: you better give her credit because, you know, well, I'm married to her. Right.
3: Um, and, uh, yeah, I can't, uh, you know, coming this, this is going to sound weak, uh, like some weak sauce coming for me. Uh, because, (laughs) you know, I get the benefit of it if I, if I, if I say it, but, uh, uh, we really couldn't have done a lot of what we did without her this year. Absolutely. Um, uh, a lot of the videos that, uh, you people have seen on social media, uh, she actually took, um, she's very good at, at, what she did and, uh, she enjoys it. And so she had some questions for me, uh, coming back from the, uh, the blue cross bowl that, uh, yeah, she had some questions for the, for our, the entire group. So guys, I'm going to throw this out. These are the first time I've seen them too. So, um, I'll, I'll try to read them first and then make sure. No, they're, it's my wife. They'll all be appropriate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So the first question is, what team are you looking forward to covering next year? Oh. I've got one. Okay. Right? Cause, cause, and, and part of what I'm taking into is places I haven't been, haven't seen, things yep. like that. Because, you know, there are a lot of great venues out there. Uh, but one place that I'm interested in seeing that I've not seen is Summit. I'd like to see some for multiple reasons. One, I'd like to see the uh the the Keaton twins in the junior year and I've never been there. Here it's a uh, a nice
2: venue to watch a game. Okay. I, I was going to say the same thing. I mean, it's hard to not say the Wade brothers cuz they return and the hard part about that one is just balancing who's coming back. Yeah. For for some of the teams and I I would have to go some as well. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they respond after Making it to Cookville this year and not many people expecting it and seeing the expectations next year. I could make
1: it three for three and say Summit, but I'm going to go a different direction and here's why. Because I've seen Summit twice and getting to see the way Twins play in person it was really nice. And I will be interested to see what they do next year. But I didn't get a chance to go to Oakland this year, and I think I'm going to make a change in that and, and take a trip out there next week. Because I think a revenge tour is a little bit on their minds.
2: Yeah. A wild card I'm just going to throw out there cuz I just thought about it. I wonder if Gallatin is is that a team that it was that for real this year? That's a good question. Yeah, it's a good question. Was that for real? That's that's yeah. what I, I just kind of thought of.
3: Yeah, and and and, and in the interest of throwing uh, a one additional one since you guys did. Uh Columbia Columbia Academy. I'd like to go down to Columbia and see what uh what football's like down there. I we haven't we haven't visited there yet. Uh we're we are we will um, but it's, uh, it's another one of those ones that I've got circled. Uh, so,
1: uh, in, oh, in the interest of, I'm going to give one more real quick just to do it. Okay. I want to see what beach does next year. Oh yeah. Ooh. That'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and,
3: and for her answer, her answer was she'd like to see Ravenwood because she's seen him play three times and she's not been to their facility and she would like to see a home game at Ravenwood. Okay. Uh, which is fair enough. Okay. Uh, was there a team or a player that you uh, that stood out to you as ha- of, as playing with heart?
1: James Magic Moore from Stratford.
3: That is a f- excellent answer.
1: I mean, all I needed to see was his effort against East Nashville to show me that. Right. And that's a reason he's a Mister Football.
3: Yeah, and and her answer and my answer are the same. Uh, Ivan Dayton Jr. Um, Uh, he's he's the big he's the biggest little guy out there i mean he plays you know he's five foot you know less than five five and he plays like he's six foot and and you know he's just got this tenacious ability uh but that being said i was glad to have seen magic when he was playing Mm -hmm. because to me that was a memorable performance
2: something i'll never forget yep I'll probably go Amari Jelks from Stewart's Creek. There's another good one. He, yeah, uh, a really good one. Undersized running back, and you look at him and you say, There's no way this guy should be doing what he's doing, but he did it. And Jelks
1: and Dayton kind of in the same mold. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
2: So yeah, I was I was very impressed the one time I saw him this year, and every Friday night you looked it up and he had another hundred plus yard game yeah. and a couple touchdowns. For so. Sure. And I and I also would
3: like to mention uh um uh, James Mason. Yes. Uh, That's linebacker a, yeah. for Gallatin. Yeah, uh, t- uh, just a tenacious defender. Yep. You know that that to me was Somebody's
1: uh, going to get a really good linebacker when they get him in there. Yeah.
3: Okay. Question number three. Um, was there any particular team that you saw um, that that you know kind of a uh, personified high school football for you?
2: I'll take a stab at this one first. It's a lot because I – I'll say this team because it's the time when I saw them. I'll go McGavick. McGavick started 0-7 and, and upsetted Laverne and found a way to win three in a row to end the year to make the playoffs. And that was a team where they, they've they kind of battled the same thing with the Metro schools, not having enough guys. They played a really tough schedule. They could have folded that thing in and moved on to basketball season. Yep. And they stuck it out and found a way to make it to the playoffs. So I, I would I would go McGavick with that one too. And I also throw this one out there too. And I know it's been really rough. Antioch they had 20 guys on that team, and they just they're playing with a bunch of freshmen and sophomores. Right. But they're doing it. I mean, they're just they're out there playing, and it's not pretty, but they're they're giving their all. Both those teams that I saw this year, I was I tip my cap to them because it, it'd be very easy to say, let's just get this thing over with and move on.
1: We mentioned one of them earlier, Gallatin to, to me is mm-hmm. one of those. I mean, this was a, this was a season where you saw a town revitalized because of what was happening on Friday nights. I mean, you go you play a Thursday night game at Beach and draw nearly seven thousand people for for a high school football game. That, that tells me that those communities care. Mm-hmm. And just because of the way those programs have been in the past and the way they are now, that's what high school football is. And it, it was such a fun scene to be over there for that game and, and watch those two teams battle in that atmosphere. That that really kind of personified me. And for a smaller scale, Trousel County. Mm-hmm. You now. That's high school football in Tennessee as well. Yeah. That's a tradition that you can't – it's not matched. Uh, Maryville, Alcoa, Trousel County, South Pittsburgh, those are the things you think about when you, when you ask that question about high school football. You, you know who those teams are because they're tradition-rich.
3: Right. Uh, for me, um, I look at it from two different standpoints. Um, you know, if you're talking boys of fall type of thing, uh, you know, grit – determination, uh, get out there. I think Springfield uh, uh, was a team that stood out to me, uh, you know, starting off slow, you know, had some adversity, uh, came out strong, um, and then essentially willed themselves to the championship game with two overtime wins. Uh, that That is just teams uh, – that's just a team that believes. Uh, another one is, is a, uh, a team that really – Came from nowhere, um, and boy, this one's tough because there are two of them like this. But I'm gonna say Wilson Central. Uh, Wilson Central. Um, you know, they've been kind of, uh, uh, you know, they haven't been front runners. And this year, they actually made some noise. Um, that program's going nowhere but up, I don't think. And and I think that uh, they personified that. Um, again, Annette, uh, her. Her, her choice was Pearl Cone. I think that – but I think, truthfully, she you know, she really li- enjoyed that experience, that community out there. Um, she really uh, kind of de- dug the Metro uh, school vibe that they were throwing down. Uh, another team that she really liked was uh, White House Heritage and, uh, you know, how they got in. And then, you know, against a lot of odds, got into that playoff game and then went out to Montgomery Central and won. So, um, uh, here's one, maybe a little easier, uh, your favorite venue, your favorite field, the favorite, the, the field that you, uh, that you enjoyed the most.
1: Hmm. I don't know if it's easier or not. There's several great venues around middle Tennessee. It really is. There there really is.
3: I'm I'll jump out first since you guys put you guys on the spot. I'm going to say Blackman, that new turf, uh, very easy on the back when you're covering a game, but it's beautiful. I mean, and it, and it's, and it's really nice. Um, You know, it's state of the art Uh, that, that to me is a really nice field for, for, you know, turf field. Um, Hers, uh, another turf field, friendship Christian. Imagine that, you know, we're covering games video and we're, we're going to pick the ones that are best for our feet, but there is a field that, is kinda, uh, it's kind of it's kind of old school to me that I like and and I, I like the uh, atmosphere of it. Yeah, I think it's a turf field too, but I like the CPA atmosphere. I thought the CPA atmosphere. I thought the field was nice, and yep. I really it's it's a cozy venue, but it's
2: but it was nice. I can't believe it took me this long to think of this one. Columbia Central. I really like that place in the ground. The locker room is underground they come through a tunnel a golden lion there as they run out it's in a bowl shape the south end zone is just a hill with grass you could put a blanket down and sit and watch a game there i really enjoyed that place and that was a that was a really cool atmosphere
1: i got to go see this one on a thursday night and uh it's a little bit of a drive to get back there but page was really nice to to see that that campus is was nice and the whole facility is really first class, and and it helps when you're treated well. And, and they were they were kind of friendly to, to us when we were out there, and you know, I, I enjoyed Paige and, and I will definitely be back
2: there. Great concessions. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> Great and concessions. Hey, those don't
1: hurt. <laughs> yes. No, no, they
3: don't. And an honorable mention, too, to East, East Nashville. Yes. Uh, yeah. I thought that was a very unique atmosphere. Yeah. The press box being on the ground level.
1: Yeah, and you go down inside the a bowl.
3: Yeah, I thought that that was a, a very interesting venue. Okay, last question. And this is, I hope that you guys were paying attention at halftime. Because remember, this came from somebody else. Uh, not from me. Best band. Because of what person who pays attention to that. That's part of it. Yeah.
1: You know. Pearl Cone.
3: I was there for the Pearl Cone East Nashville Battle of the Bands after the game. And let me tell you, East Nashville did a good job. Uh, Annette agrees with you, Pearl Cone. I'm going to say East Nashville just because they held their own yeah. against Pearl Cone. I believe it. But uh, it, it's amazing. No, Oh, I take it back. Time out. No, no, no. I'm, I'm wrong. She said she did not say Pearl Cone. She said Cane Ridge. Oh, uh, okay. Cane Ridge is pretty good. Yeah, Kane Ridge Kanger is pretty good. And it was cold that night. Yeah. And they showed out. Hmm. So yeah, she that's right. She said Kane Ridge. I'm sorry, I put my phone away, which I had the questions on it. Um, but uh, yeah, she had uh, she had Cane
2: Ridge. Okay. I'm trying. I'm I videoed my favorite one too. I'm trying to remember who it was. They played Old Town Road, just something real cool, real hip, real current at halftime. That's all they did, and the place lit up. I can't believe I forgot who it was, but I took a video and everything of it, and. Uh, I can't believe that.
3: And I think, uh, Chris, when we were out there, I think we had to mention the Macon County Band. Yeah. pretty good. Yeah. They were pretty good out yeah, there. Yeah, they were. Um, you know, when we covered that Trials of County yeah. game. So, yep. um, you know, Christian's still looking for his. Oh, I'm one
2: trying one. so hard. I want to give these people <laughs> credit. I want to give – it was so good, and I just – you know, you see so many games in a year. You, they we, all run together.
3: Well, and that's the thing, you know, is that we can't forget that there are other people – Tied in this, you know, the the fans, the yeah. parents, the the bands, the cheerleaders, yeah. uh, teachers, administrators. Right. I mean, there are so many people tied up into into high school athletics and, and high school football in particular that it takes it truly takes a good strong community to put on an excellent program.
1: Yeah, Friday night isn't just about. What's on the field, it's everything surrounding it too. It's an atmosphere. It's it's a vibe. It's you know, it, there's a scent in the air that you kinda get when you when you roll up to a game and then you you smell a grill going, you smell hot dogs cooking and then hear the band going and, and it gets you ready. Yeah.
2: After a lot of research I found who it was. <laughs> who was it? Summit. Yeah, uh-huh.
3: summit. Yeah, summit. Okay. Yes, there, summit. We well, there you go, Summit band. Shout <laughs> right out right from <laughs> Christian.
2: Okay.
1: Well, you know, the season may be over, but we're not done. We've got uh, a little bit of recruiting to, to get into a little bit later on. Uh, and uh, a special guest that we will announce at a later date. Yep. And yep. Uh, to talk about some recruiting. And uh, we'll share more details as they become finalized. So, Ooh, Scott, we. You- Who you got? Oh, man. You had to remind me of that, didn't you? <laughs> I was trying to sneak out of here, but uh, he's, no, not, he's but, not. He's not. He's not going to let me.
3: Well, I don't think the people would let you.
1: No, I, you wouldn't. Right
3: now, the people are in lead.
1: You wouldn't. Well, they did not finish there. Dun
2: dun dun dun. We, Uh-oh. we had a tie.
3: Uh oh, a tie. You oh. mean
2: I made a dramatic comeback? <laughs> yes. Sadly, no. no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Scott and the people tied with 100 wins on the season. Wow. Wow. 154.
3: People, you let yourself down. They you went me They in. went
1: four and three in the, in the games that we picked on Twitter the, for the championship. They picked CPA, they picked Summit, and they also picked Ravenwood. Hmm. So, Scott made up the game. He was behind, and he tied with them.
3: Yeah. If, uh, I did not
1: make up the game that I was tied with him. <laughs> I finished the game back. So.
3: Yeah, I, I tell you uh, – was it uh, Lake County killed me? It was late in the game when they came back. I that was that was the one that I because Lone Wolf picks were I was like one one for one I think.
1: Mm, yeah. Yeah.
3: I didn't mean I, I wasn't trying to rub that in. I honestly thought.
1: Well, like Christian was also one for one. of The Lone Wolf. He went Maryville.
3: Oh, that's right. That's right.
1: Yeah, he did. So.
2: Yep. You just picked a whole baseball season worth of games there. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: However, however wins get you in. So
2: That's the case here. That's
1: That's uh, been interesting. It was close down to the very end, but uh, in the end it's uh, Scott and the people who tied for first place.
2: Oh, boy, what I win. Kudos. You get to come back next year. Yeah. Oh,
1: good. <laughs> you get your job back. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> we're not fired. Yay. We were not fired. We Ooh, did not fire ourselves this season. Despite what we said at the beginning of the year, yeah, <laughs> but,
3: uh, yeah, we've, um, yeah, it's 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 been, uh, it's been a ride.
1: Yeah, we will we will have one more recap show to end the season. We'll talk recruiting. Like I said, we'll have a special guest. We will announce it at a later date. So stay tuned for that. For now, though, we're out of time. For Christian Capozzi, for Scott Burton, I'm Chris Brooks. We will see you next time. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. All that good stuff. You know what to do, guys. See ya.
3: Turn out the lights. The party's over. 615 Preps Podcast is a production of B-Squared Media, LLC.